inspiring interviews with today's top landlords. This is the Rental Income Podcast. And now, Dan Lane. I've got a bonus episode for you today of the Rental Income Podcast. Joining me on the show today is Sean Wardle. He's an expert at insurance for rental property. So I want to pick his brain, see what we can find out about insurance, and see how we can better protect ourselves as landlords. Before we get into the show, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor today. It's Credit Suite. If you're looking for capital to grow and expand your business, you've probably figured out that it's very difficult to get business credit that isn't tied to you personally. Most of the time when you get business credit, you're going to have to sign a personal guarantee. So if something goes wrong, you're personally on the hook, and that can be very risky. What Credit Suite does is they help business owners build business credit that's tied to the EIN of the business, and they've helped over 15,000 people build business credit. They put together a free guide that shows you exactly how to do it, and if you follow the proper steps, it's really not that hard to build business credit. If you go to creditsuite.com slash rental, you can download a free guide that maps out exactly how to do it. That's creditsuite.com slash rental, C-R-E-D-I-T. S-U-I-T-E dot com slash rental. All right, let's get to the podcast. So, Sean, welcome to the show. Yeah, excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So why don't we start at the very beginning? So uh, a lot of people, when they're getting started, they don't understand the difference between uh, just a regular homeowner's policy and a landlord policy. Why is it important that a landlord actually get a landlord policy? It's a great first question, and obviously one of the most common errors that we see among new investors that are that are that are just starting out and buying their first couple of properties. Uh, the one thing that you need to understand, and, that, and it can be very helpful, is that landlord policies are underwritten very different from a homeowner's policy. So these these landlord or commercial policies are are underwritten to for the for a higher risk type of location by the industry standard, meaning a, you know the tenant a tenant occupied location is. It's a higher risk than what an owner-occupied location would be. Your tenant's more likely to uh, to burn your house down than you, are, than you are to burn your own. So it can be detrimental following a loss. If you, if you put an investment property on a homeowner's policy, um, it gives an insurance company a reason to decline that loss for what they right. call material misrepresentation of facts. So if the, if the location itself is underwritten for an owner-occupied dwelling and they find out that following a loss it was a non-owner, non-owner-occupied location, it gives them a reason to decline a claim. Right. And why would a a landlord uh, typically do that? Is it that they don't know? Because from what I've seen um, for my properties, the landlord policies, it's not like they're expensive or more expensive than a homeowner's policy would be. I, I, am I right that they're pretty comparable in price? It really depends on the carrier, their appetite. But oftentimes you will find that a commercial policy is a little more expensive than a homeowner's policy. I really think it's just it's just lack of knowing both on the part mm-hmm. of the investor as well as their agent. Right. You know, it's a lot simpler to go down the street to who to your to your state farmer, your farmer's agent that's handling your home in auto and, and tell them that you're purchasing a an investment property and just to add it to your right. homeowner's policy. Right. And that can it can be a huge loss. So yeah, but the, the one thing you're gonna look at and, and have to know is that the coverages that are included on a commercial lines policy they, they trump what's included on a homeowner's policy. So, yeah, you may pay a little more, but it's well worth it. Okay. Now, one thing that, that I've run into before that uh, I'm sure a lot of other landlords have, have run into before is when a property is vacant, 
that insurance companies typically don't like to insure vacant properties. And if you just go to your local Allstate office or your local insurance agent, they they may not want to cover a property when it's vacant. Is that right? And do you need special vacant coverage insurance? They are. The, the vacant properties are obviously much high, considered much higher risk due to the, the frequency and severity of loss history over a, a period of the last five to ten years in the market or even longer for that matter. Um, so, so, yes, if you go, you made a great point. When you go to the all states and the state farms of the world, if you have an occupied location, if they write it on a commercial policy, typically they can be pretty aggressive. But if you start getting into renovations or, or vacant locations, sometimes they look at you like you have three heads because they don't know right. how to handle it and how to insure it. So, yes, there are there are policies that are specific to vacant locations that extend to those types of properties. So they're, they are rated a little bit higher. Um, sometimes they're going to be limited to a basic form property coverage, so kind of a stripped-down coverage form. But for the period that it's vacant, it would extend to – to the major perils such as fire, wind and hail, and the, and the items that can really damage you as an investor. Yeah, that's a good thing to, to watch out for. Now, you mentioned um, properties that were being rehabbed. So, like, how does that work? Would a landlord policy cover, say, if you bought a property and you're going to fix it up before you rent it out, would a landlord policy cover that, or do you need special uh, a special coverage or maybe a rider to, to cover a policy that's being rehabbed? Yeah, so you really need it. It, it is a separate policy. It's a builder's risk form. So it's a, it's a coverage form that's a little bit different to, from a traditional landlord-type policy that's designed for an occupied dwelling. Um, okay. It's going to extend both to the, the existing structure as well as your betterment and improvement budget. Um, it's settled on invested capital. Um, God forbid a loss were to occur during the renovation phase, but yeah, they're, they're underwritten very differently as well. Okay. That's a good thing to point out because I, I feel like that's something that a lot of people are overlooking. So you, you definitely want to make sure that, that you get that, to get the right insurance set up. Now, is there anything else that, that a landlord maybe should add? Like, I, I know I, I had a friend once that, that had a, poly, had a, uh, a rental property and there was a flood in the basement, and he had, uh, I guess, a special rider for sump pump coverage. And if he didn't have that, it wouldn't have been covered. So are there any other things people should watch out for, like kind of basic things to make sure that they're covered? Yeah, and, and it really, this is a great point to kind of elaborate on in terms of an investor's appetite for risk that they're taking on because there are, you know, the one thing that we always try to just stress to our clients is that as an investor, you have choices. Um, it's not just, Hey, go to your, your local agent and they give you a quote and Hey, do you want it or not? There are, there are different property forms that an investor can choose from based on what they're willing to call it self-insure and what they want coverage for. Um, you know, majority of carriers operate off of a special form and a basic form um, policy option. Um, knowing that special form, and, and we won't dive into all the details, but you know, special form is really considered all risk. Um, it's really the best coverage form you can purchase for your investment property. Um, that the burden of proof falls on the insurance company following a loss to prove to the investor and their agent that the loss that happened came from an excluded peril. So it's difficult for them to do at times. Um, and then there's a second option that can save you roughly 20 to 30 percent per year, depending on the carrier and their appetite, called basic form. And basic form is more of a a named peril policy form. It, it covers the major perils like fire, lightning, and wind, um, you know, but kind of excludes maybe some of those smaller 
risks like theft or or water damage, maybe ones that an investor, depending on where they're where they have investment properties, and maybe it's not an exposure, or it's okay self-insuring. So I, I would tell you to always be careful of, of flood coverage, knowing what flood zone your property's in. Always take a, a close look at what the, the history of the property is. So doing, you know, completing your due diligence on the front end prior to, to, to purchasing a property so that you know, hey, if it's, if it's prone to wind and hail or if it's had some flooding issues, then you know you can purchase that coverage to, to offset your risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what about making a claim? I'm always doing whatever I can to avoid making a claim because I'm afraid my rates are going to go up. Is that something that landlords should be careful of making claims or is there a certain threshold? Um, I guess the way I look at insurance is I want it to be there if the house burns down or if something major happens. But is there kind of a sweet spot where you maybe want to make a claim versus not making a claim? Yeah, and it really starts with the deductible that you carry on the property side. You know, you know, we too many times we have an investor that will come to us and maybe they're carrying a, a $500 deductible um, and they're paying a rate that's, that's, you know, kind of partnered with that $500 deductible. Mm-hmm. And then we get into a conversation and they say, hey, you know, I'd, if it was just some glass breakage and some shingles that flew off, I'd probably just, you know, do it myself and, and not even turn in the price right. for that very reason, right? They don't want their rates to increase. Right. So going with a deductible that's more in line with your appetite for risk is, is huge for us. So thinking about the minimum claim you'd ever turn in um, where you could not stomach to pay for it out of pocket where it could potentially harm your business. And you can do as much as double that figure. And that's about the property deductible you should carry as, okay. as far as a sweet spot in terms of, you know, what's, what's acceptable in terms of a loss ratio. I can tell you the frequency, it can be just as bad as severity um, and acts of God, wind and hail, hurricanes, floods, things of that nature are looked at very, very differently than what are controllable losses, which are really what insurance companies are trying to avoid, right? They right. they don't want the they don't want the arsons. They don't want the, the water damage from the from the pipes freezing and bursting because you don't have adequate heat running to your property. They don't want the theft claims. Those are the ones that will nickel and dime the heck out of an insurance company and raise your rates substantially. Okay. So if there's a hailstorm that comes through and destroys the roof, that's maybe not something that's going to affect the rates as much as if there's arson at the property? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what are some common coverages that, that you see or limits that that people have on their policy? And I, I know this is probably somewhat individual depending on someone's circumstances, but what's like a good ballpark limit and deductible someone should have? Sure. Well, you know, we touched on the deductible a second ago, and, and that's a different answer for every investor. Um, I can tell you that, you know, in our program that spans 20,000 investors nearly, the average deductible they carry is $2,500. Okay. Take that for what it's worth. We have some that go up to 25000 Um, You know, aside from your lender, so if you've got an outstanding loan on the property that, you know, the, the lender actually comes to you and, and mandates that you carry replacement cost coverage or, or evaluation per square foot um, or coverage form, you, again, you've got some choices as an investor. So, and, and what I always try to guide our, our clients to do is, is consider what they do in the event of a total loss. So, God forbid one of your properties burned to the ground or it blew away, what would you do? Mm-hmm. If you would not rebuild and you, you clean the land up, sell the land, go on and buy your next investment property, then we really want to look at actual cash value as a more viable option for you to, to insure your property adequately. Okay. However, if it's a cash flowing property that you know that you'd have to, you'd have to rebuild it because you've got tenants, you know, potential tenants waiting to rent the place, then we want to look at replacement costs. Um, and the reason I say that is actual cash value figures um, figures your claim settlement with depreciation. 
that's non-recoverable. Replacement cost, by definition, you have to the carrier is going to require that you insure your property to a higher valuation per square foot, but gives you the ability to go back and recover the depreciation that was initially taken from you in the claims process. But in order to recover that, you actually have to make the repairs to the property. Okay. So if if you would not rebuild, other than your lender telling you you have to carry replacement costs, there's really not much of a reason. And, and I say, you know, consider the total loss because on partial losses, you know, investors that are, that are listening to your podcast right now, they're not paying retail for labor or materials. Right. And can, can typically get those kitchen fires rebuilt for substantially less than what Lloyd's of London or State Farm thinks they can, right? And, right. and insurance claims are settled on what retail costs are determined to be. So okay. always consider, always, you know, take into account what you do on a total loss. Okay. Now, I've heard that some policies don't allow Section 8 tenants or different voucher tenants. Is that something that's pretty common that a lot of carriers don't don't want those tenants or maybe you have to pay extra f- to have coverage for those types of tenants? Yeah, that's another great question. You, you don't run into it nearly as much in the, in the call to residential real estate investing world to the one to fours. Um, when you get into larger multifamily locations, some of the apartments uh, complexes, absolutely, those, those are considered higher risk, specifically Section 8. Um, to where you don't necessarily, you know, a lot of your lenders may require higher limits of liability, maybe a million, two million is not enough, right? Mm-hmm. They may require an umbrella to based on the percentage. They may require you to carry a $5 million umbrella if your percentage goes above maybe 20% of a given location of, of subsidized tenants. But yeah, they're considered higher risk. Your property rate is going to go up as well. Okay. So th- that's something that anyone that's renting to a Section 8 tenant should definitely check that out to make sure that your policy doesn't exclude that. Um, yeah, now, it's, it's not necessarily going to, if I can jump in there, it, would, yeah. it wouldn't necessarily exclude it. However, okay. the, the one thing that you want to avoid is not knowing that on the front end. And then when you get into the larger apartment locations, especially those carriers are always going to come back and come out and they're going to inspect the property. And if they uncover that there is a, a percentage of section eight tenants or subsidized tenants that we did not make them aware of, mm-hmm. then it gives them a reason to cancel the policy. Okay. Okay. Now, what about requiring tenants to have renter's insurance? Is that... Is that a good idea, and what's the benefit as a landlord when your tenant has renter's insurance? Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal idea, and, and many pro- many property carriers out there are actually uh, providing credits off of the property rate if they can, if the investor can, and we can prove to them that that that, that coverage is mandated and it's followed up on monthly. Um, the advantage is being that you know first it gives you know contents coverage to your tenant. Um, so think about if your house blows away or burns to the ground their belongings are all lost unless they have a tenant plan or a renter's Mm -hmm. plan, right? So your property coverage doesn't cover their stuff. But more importantly to the investor is it always provides a limit of liability coverage. You know, typically those are going to start at $50,000 and go all the way up to $300,000. And what that does is gets covered for those tenant-caused negligent losses, which are probably 70% or better of what the market experiences. So, you know, let's just say your your tenant has a starts a kitchen fire, leaves grease on the stove, leaves, burns your kitchen down. Your property policy, rather than having to respond to that and, um, you know, potentially raise your rates over five years for having to settle that loss and, and rebuild your kitchen for something you as the investor did nothing wrong on, mm-hmm. you can actually pass that responsibility back onto the guilty party, in this case, your tenant, and that tenant and their renter's plan to actually pay for that loss. Okay. So it stabilizes, it stabilizes your property rates long term. Now, how do you make sure that the tenant doesn't put that in place to show you evidence when they sign the lease and then cancel it the next day. Is there a way right. to be notified? There, there is. Now, unfortunately, only about 
50 to 60% of the carrier carriers that offer renter's insurance will actually allow an investor to do this. Um, but you can be listed as additional interest, okay. not additional insured because you have no rights to their, to their belongings, but additional interest on their policy so that you are notified prior to that policy canceling for non-payment or any other underwriting issue. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. I've learned a lot and you've shared a lot of great, valuable information. Now, your company specializes in working with with investors. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your company and exactly what you guys do? Great. The National Real Estate Insurance Group is a national independent insurance agency um, that about 20 years ago started a program which now is known as REI Guard, so Real Estate Investor Guard. We're the largest and longest-running program in the country for residential real estate investors, so predominantly one-to-four-family one location schedules. What makes us unique is, is really how we do things. So we're, our ability is to – we can take a property or a portfolio of properties to any phase of occupancy, so we'll accommodate for vacants, renovations, occupied, buy and holds, and fix and flips on one schedule and allow that investor to work on monthly reporting so it's pay-as-you-go. No minimum earned premiums, no long-term commitments, which you're not going to find really anywhere else with vacants or renovation properties. But what we do really is we leverage your portfolio size and activity to help control your property rates. So if you're going out and you're, you're buying a separate policy for each and every location, you're at the mercy of the underwriter and what they feel the appetite for the risk is. But if you, as, you, as you grow and as your portfolio gets, gets better and, 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 and larger and, and you've got activity of buying and flipping and whatever you're, whatever you're specializing in, it only gives us leverage to help control your rate. So your, your rate per hundred should go down as your portfolio rises. Awesome. And what's your website if someone wants to look you guys up or find out some more information? It's N-R-E-I-G, the National Real Estate Insurance Group, dot com. Awesome. And I will go ahead and put a link to that on my website. You can find it at rentalincomepodcast.com slash insurance. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up this bonus episode of the Rental Income Podcast. We've got a regular episode for you on Tuesday with a really inspiring husband and wife team. I'll talk to you on Tuesday. My name is Dan Lane, and this has been the Rental Income Podcast. I've put a lot of time, effort, and money into building my rental portfolio. It's something I'm very proud of, something I want to protect, and something I want to keep in my family for a long time. That's why I put together an estate plan. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage your own custom estate plan starting at just $199. Just go to trustandwill.com slash RIP and you'll get 10% off plus free document shipping. I thought about doing a will for a long time, but I thought it was going to be very complicated, confusing, and expensive, and I just kept putting it off. Luckily, I found trust and will, and the whole process could not have been easier. My wife and I sat down one Saturday morning over a cup of coffee. We went to trustandwill.com. They walked us through a series of questions, and at the end, we got our own state-specific and customized will for our needs. Trust and Will has made estate planning easy and accessible for everybody. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com RIP. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash RIP.
I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.